Ah, Mountaineer Nation, come on out to the porch. We are ready to talk all about the 4-1 start and the big victory over the Horned Frogs. Gary Green was gritty and gutsy. Zach and CJ coming on aboard with me. We're going to talk all about it. Going to be a fun one. You guys know what to do if it's in the morning. Grab that coffee, Phil style. In the evening, grab the drink and come on back. It's time to talk all about the Mountaineers' victory over the Horned Frogs here on the porch. Let's go. Let's dream. Oh, fellas, I think we can still hear the echoing of the great John Denver tune, Country Roads. Maybe a little Charles Godwin as well, Q Country Roads. After that win on a Saturday night, talking about the Christmas gift that keeps on, you know, or maybe maybe it's more Jelly the Month Club, the gift that keeps on giving. Picking us 14th in the preseason and then being a 14-point dog. I am absolutely ecstatic, fellas. I know you guys are too. And it's still, what, a, a 72 hours after the fact at this point. But, I mean, I, you still feel like you run through a brick wall and you're ready to go play Houston right now. But we're going we're, we're gonna to celebrate a little bit before we get to Dana. How are y'all fellas doing tonight? I'm just, uh, I'm just thrilled to be 4-1. Leaving September with four wins. I mean, dang. Dang, it's better wins. than that. 4-1. Making a case to be ranked. Well, receiving not votes. making a case. I, 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 I think we've made the case. I think how, they should be. But how many receiving, by the way? I don't know. The coaches poll. Six in the coaches poll, and then I think five or six in the AP poll. Okay, so we're we're literally right outside it in the AP poll. Like we're we're probably what like thirty. I think it was thirty two, like thirty three. I think it was more like. Yeah, I think it was really – I think if you broke it out, I think it was like more like 36, 37. Which I don't – I know for a fact that we haven't been ranked as long as Neil's been the coach. So, have nope. we even had votes? Uh, Zach, to be honest, the answer would be absolutely not. I mean, let's think about it. We can logically do that without even stat-checking ourselves. I mean, yeah, year one, we went five and seven. Maybe – and this is maybe the COVID year – we got some votes at certain times in that season, but that that also may not be true at all. I right. I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't. That's the only other time we've even had a team that felt even close to what we're trying to do right now, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I feel like this team ought to be ranked. I think we've got better resumes than a lot of teams that are ahead of us. I'm uh, okay with that though. Yeah. But I, under the I, radar. I, I'm okay bit. with it until I saw something. They're today. still disrespecting you. I mean, we can still play that card right now. Let's... Yeah, I guess. I guess the who are these thing... teams? CJ, hit me with them. What that are above us? That are above us? That you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Okay. Yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, like, I mean, as far as resume goes, I think our resume is better than Louisville's. Okay. I mean, I don't really know Louisville's 100 percent off 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 the jump. I know that they're they've got a big game coming this week with the Irish at home, and you know how sometimes they like to get involved with you know top twenty five matchup on ABC yeah, type of thing. I mean, and, and I get Struggle it. Them Fresno State. State so. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Them and Fresno State are undefeated and all that, but I think our resume is better. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think our resume is better than LSU. Okay. Um, interesting. I mean, okay. But, LSU, but LSU's 23rd. Um, Correct. I mean, but you look, ahead you, of look us. At these, you look at these teams ahead of us receiving votes, right? Like, okay. Mar- okay. Is our resume better than Maryland's? I don't know, but we'll find out about, about Maryland this weekend. Okay. Our resume you know, going better than Is our resume better than Kansas State? I know they lost. What on a sixty-one yarder to Missouri? Yep. That's their only loss. Kansas State's so. pretty solid team. I'm a. I know, but but I, as I the can, teams ahead of us, that. we're the only ones that have played like have played more than three Power Fives. Okay, more than three. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say like Texas A&M, like Wegman's a solid quarterback. Like UCLA's got the Chip Kelly vibe, and they lost to Utah, which was a a solid team, and they beat Florida, like Tulane. Okay, Air Force, Wisconsin, whatever. Hey, I just love the fact we're seeing votes, man. That's a right. beautiful thing. I, I, we're back I, in business. 
it, yeah, it is a beautiful thing. But let me ask you what you guys think about this, because I didn't even think about this. So I saw it. I think it was either today or yesterday that Colorado, a team that won three games over the last three decades, essentially beats TCU at TCU, gets all this love, all this hype, all this media attention and gets ranked immediately following it. We went down there at night, beat them, same team, crickets. Mm, we don't have Coach Prime. That's, and we've, and, got, a much, and we've and, got a much better resume. And undue respect to Coach Prime, we haven't seen our team this year get absolutely manhandled and housed either. Oh, 100% on all this point, TJ. I also say this, TCU game, game after playing in a national championship game, that carries a little bit of weight. People are starting to see they're not as good this year. And week one always carries that extra hype. Like, who are you? Who? What What would you want to show us to start the season in Colorado? Just shocked a bunch of people. It was just the shock factor well, in week I, one. I, yeah, well, I will tell you this. If you lined them up defensively, we're miles ahead of Colorado. Well, there's not even a question. Colorado's defense is hot garbage. But West Virginia's. I mean, it's July dumpster fire hot garbage. It's the absolute worst of dumpster fire garbage that Colorado is. But our defense, on the other hand, I don't want to say that uh, five letter word yet. But man, we we're, well, we're getting I, there. We're getting I, I, there. I, I don't think you can use that five letter word yet. Um, for simply, we won't. One. Well, here, well, and I'm going to tell you the, the the biggest reason. Injuries now. Well, injuries now. But let you guys want to take a guess at how many missed tackles against TCU. Well, I'm going to guess about eight or ten, but I have a counter to that after you give us the number. Well, you're really low there, Zach. Really? Okay. Well, what was the number? The number credited was nineteen. Wow, that's that's a little surprising. I feel like we probably tackled a little better than that. Didn't you think so, Zach? Obviously, I mean, that was what it was. Nineteen's pretty insane. Like but it was. I it will was, say there, there were some things in that TCU game that kind of reared its ugly head that we hadn't seen out of this unit all year. That was one of them. Um, now, granted, some of that I think can be attributed. You know, obviously, Burks goes down early kind of throw some guys around a little bit and you know, obviously the gruesome injury, you know, the Latham kind of, kind of changes some things too. But I mean, I know, especially early, even when those guys were still in, they, we had some issues. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, first you half is what Go ahead. the first <laughs> half was that, that was the biggest thing. The first half was brutal. The, I mean, I but, felt like maybe the eight to 10 I, missed tackles were in the first half. And then the second half, they really tightened up. I mean, but it, it, let's let's go ahead and say it for what it is, right? The one big one that Burks misses that they score the touchdown on, right? Um, and then you have the one at the end of the half on that, you know, on the fourth down after they got and the there fourth were, down. There you were know. a lot sprinkled in there too, just on like shorter passes where guys right. were just getting juked or missed time but, and tackles stuff like that. It was just it wasn't it wasn't sharp. Would you also say though that yeah, the first guy might have missed a tackle, but majority of the time. Somebody else was there to clean it up. I mean, for I the mean, most part, everyone kind of is. I mean, I don't know. We can't. Let's get into this game, right? I mean, we're kind of talking big picture, but let's get into it micro, really, real quick here in the first half, right? Especially defensively. Well, just one thing. Man, I want. I want to comment yeah. on the missed tackle thing. That's that is one game, and I agree. In the first half, especially, it was pretty rough. West Virginia going into that game was second best in the Big Twelve in missed tackles. Like we'd been about the most sure tackling team in the conference going into that game. So I'm going to, I'm going to count that as just going against a solid offense with a lot of perimeter speed in an environment on the road. That's, you know, it's tough to win coming off two back-to-back emotional victories uh, at I'll night. Give them, at night. I mean, big game blackout. I'm going to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, especially because they really adjusted in the second half and, I mean, it was a totally different story defensively. Oh. So I'm going to give him that benefit of the doubt. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on it. Grinded. I mean, mm. and I mean, let's, like we said, first half you give up 21 points, but in the same same kind of token of time when you get into this, right? One of those touchdowns for TCU, you kind of handed him the points with the interception. 
And then you had you had the drive that they you know you have the long touchdown. That's fourteen off the rip. That's pretty quick. And then you give them you get the one at the end of the half. But you bent but don't break the whole way down the field until that final play, and you did break. But what I loved right after that, you find a way to get into field goal range, and it just shows the resiliency of this team and the resiliency of the defense. And I was watching it with my with my with my father. And he said, man, I got a really good feeling about this defense in the second half. He said, and I said, hey, let's hold him to three coming out of the locker room, stay down 10. He goes, now we're going to get him to three and out. And then we did it again and again. It, that third quarter was, was just a clinic defensively by us. I mean, the rush. One yard. Just, oh, wow. I guess One yard allowed. It's almost like even like the coach Yost and remember the Titans, but let them gain another yard. And they would have pulled it off in the third quarter. Incredible football. And – I want to say something, too, about that little bitty drive to get ourselves in field goal range at the end of the first half. I remember just being super pissed that that touchdown even happened because – Same, same, Zach. I don't, I don't remember the circumstances before that, but it was a situation where we just – it never should have been in that position. Like, they they should have even got had the ball with that much time left to begin with. I forget what we did before that, but I feel like we just had another lackluster drive, something to that effect. And it just it pissed me off, and then for them to score and just do it right before half, knowing they get the ball after half, I'm like, you gotta be freaking kidding me! But we get the ball after that score with like 23 seconds left, and I remember saying to my wife, like, well, they're they're just gonna sit on this, they're gonna kneel it and go yep, to half, exactly. and not even try and get a field goal out of it. And they did the exact opposite, and they actually were successful doing so. And I was just like, what the hell is this? Neil Brown doesn't try and get in field goal range with less than 30 seconds and a half. That never happens. Exactly. But does that also not show you some growth moving forward for our boy, for our boy Garrett green? I mean, he, I mean, that end of the drive there, the two minute offense to get the field goal, like just the confidence level that he, that he kind of exuded and gave that to the offense, man. That was, I mean, uh, that throw he, he made to get to the field goal target line, sensational that penalty by the way absolutely bogus had me you know i still don't get it kind of livid on uh right before halftime and it was just like nick malone nick malone did not even breathe he did not move in the slightest he maybe blink i don't think so i don't i don't understand it yeah I I, I, i didn't either when they showed it i was like well, it, it's not there. And then when they went back and re-showed it again, even Brock Osweiler was like, where where did he move? <laughs> but <laughs> even – I don't understand it. Uh, I'm still not sure. But I'll tell you what, the fact that we have a kicker with that kind of leg, I mean, he put it through from 53 before the penalty, you know, on the same play as the penalty, put it through convincingly. And then the 58-yarder – I think had the leg just was a little off to the right. So that's pretty impressive. Nice to have a guy that we can rely on in those situations if need be. Yeah. Mr. Hayes, our King, right. You know, mm. I mean, Hey, and, and you heard Neil Brown talk about in the post game conversation there about the, the wind swirling. I mean, we won the special teams war. I mean, that's for certain. That's and right. all the hidden yardage and making kicks and the coverage units and Preston Fox as they like, you know, the, comparing them to, Pac-Man, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, man, we're, those are huge things. And, and that's what – I mean, it was definitely a factor, and it was the reason we won this football game along with our defense. But we're going to have to continue to keep doing that. Yeah, I mean, we – yeah, I mean, definitely going to have to keep going that way. And here here was the thing, and I, and I thought about this kind of towards the end of the game um, – and uh, the announcing crew was talking about it a little bit too. I actually love the way that this team's winning games. I know it's not pretty, it, it's not flashy, it's it's gutty, gritty defense and just, you know, taking it plays at a time. But in a league where it is literally spread it out, throw it all over, try and score 80 points, there's nothing wrong with being trying to do it a different way. You're here, CJ. You're here. And, and I and because I think if you look at it and you, you look back at previous teams, like even kind of under Dana, it was all right, we're gonna spread out and try and score 50, 60 points and win these track meets. 
well, that's really hard to do with some of these teams because of, quite frankly, the way they recruit. But be a little different, right? Kind of like the old Huggins thing when they got into the Big 12. Like, all right, well, we're built to play Big East style. What do we do? Well, let's slow them down. Hey, we're zi- we are zigging uh-huh. while everyone else is zagging. And it's kind of that to that Michigan brand of football, limited possessions, protecting your defense, playing playing good special teams, and it's working. Yeah, well, I mean, because you, you have to – and here's the thing. You have to be able to do that to win – not only to win games, but if you want to be in that championship conversation. I mean, you look at the teams over the last – handful of years that have been in the playoffs what have they all had in common really solid on special teams extremely good defensively can run the ball take care of their defense and they play to and they make you play to their pace and coming into the season one thing that i really tried to harp on and really believed with this team is that if we were going to have any chance of being successful and winning a respectable amount of football games it was going to be doing what blaine just said you know, zig when everybody else is zagging, really lean into the run game. And if you look at this team coming in and, you know, it's come to pass, the strength of this offense lie where? In the offensive line, in the, running the experience, yep. and the, you know, just the guys who have played a lot of football together and have continuously gotten better and better over the last few years, and the run game. And that's, and having a running quarterback in addition to all that, you really got to lean on that. And like you said, that complements your defense because you're not keeping them out there all the time. It's not a unit that's probably at least coming in one that you have enough confidence in thinking that you can just run them out there for most of the game and they'll hold up. You need to be able to help them out by keeping them off the field and winning the possession battle, keeping the time of possession in your favor. And that's what's been happening. And like, you know, like CJ said, it's not the most pretty brand of football. It doesn't look like some of these other teams that are a little more flashy, but by God, we're winning games, and we haven't been in, been doing that for quite some time. And I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to quote our good friend Mike. The job description is just to win football games. It, it's just Al Davis, just win, baby. But I, but Zach, you brought it up the running game, and I kind of want to ask this question: Are are we at a point now where we maybe start to get a little concerned about C.J. Donaldson? Yep, I I think so. And. Hey, I'm Actually, glad he got his 61 yards, fellas. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah every but, one of them was crucial, but there were a few more out there that he left. And he, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, Neil said it in his in his uh, presser. He's got to he's got to find a way to get that explosive back. He seems timid right now. And right, he's got to play better. I mean, think about when he was going last year before he got hurt for the season. I mean, he was still a rumbling, bumbling kind of back, but like. He had some agility to him. He was he had a little bit of scoot, and he he had some breakaway runs last year. I don't know if maybe he's put on a little more size and muscle that slowed him down, or maybe his running style has just become a little more conservative, trying to grind out yards. You know, away. He, he's not I, really moving quite the same. I'm going to tell you guys this. I feel like you see it at times. The old C.J. Donaldson. I feel like his 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 style right now of kind of being more patient. The O-line's doing well, but it's he's just a, a step slow or just not quite getting where he needs to get to. Still having some really good runs, though. Like, although I will say, and I agree with you, Zach, I think we got to see a little more Jaheim White, man. He yeah, has a little like, extra gear. You could even see it Saturday night when he got to football. Rodney Gallagher, the same way. He's starting to figure it out a little bit. You can see it. I still think he caught that toe tap, by the way. I do too, man. That was an yeah, absolute that was, clutch catch. Yeah, that was close. And, and you are right. I mean, we, we I think Jaheim has earned um, some more time in there. He actually – he got a season-high 18 snaps um, against FBS competition. Take out the Duquesne game for that. Um, but he was actually graded the highest runner by uh, PFF – uh, for the TCU game at 66-4. So, I think he's definitely earned some more time back there. Um, what was Donaldson, by the way, CJ, on that? Do what? What was Donaldson on the PFF? Uh, Donaldson? 61.1, uh, uh, 45 snaps. So, below average. Okay. Yeah. And well, well, I think what that is average, up, by the way, on that? 65, okay. I believe. 
Yeah, sixty. Yeah, sixty-five is is kind of that average where you kind of want to hit. Um, you know, the offensive line graded out really well. Like I said, Jaheim White graded out well. Um, Garrett Green graded out at a seventy once. I mean, he graded out fantastically. <clears throat> you know, not shocked by that 20, at all. Especially completing less than fifty percent of your passes. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, everybody on the offensive line graded out pretty well. You know, Wyatt Milan was kind of the the guy that graded out the worst as far as the offensive line goes. Northfield um, didn't play for a while. And he yeah, got hurt. I yeah, mean, he, he was in there for a little bit with one eye, basically. Yeah, I mean, he only got like 35 <laughs> snaps. So it's, it's a little <laughs> little tough on him. Hey, and, but... and, and CJ, you know, we're, we're talking about all these grades. I feel like our football team this year – well, we we all say it's not pretty, right? Like th- these types of grades sometimes not going to be true and necessarily always telling the story, right? Yeah, for oh our yeah, football exactly. Team. And 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 that's what I and seeing that's what I said, you know, over the last couple of weeks that I don't know if sometimes with this team and the way they play, if the way you grade things out and and PFF does a fantastic job with it. I mean, they're one of the best in the business. But I don't know if it always is going to match what you see, <clears throat> kind of with with your eyes. Like, you know, for like the third straight week, Lee Koba was in the fifties. You know, got credited I think with five total missed tackles mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when you throw the film on, what do you see? A guy getting guys in position around the ball, wreaking havoc. He was in the backfield a ton. Like, it, it's little things that don't that you see with your eye and go, "All right, awesome." And then the grade comes out, and you're like, "Well, wait, huh?" So I think this team is more what you're what you're seeing and the effort is going to be better than necessarily the grade is, which is completely fine. I will take Lee Koba in the 50s as long as he's creating havoc and the defense is still getting stops and we're getting wins. Like I, I could give a crap less about that, but I just it, it's an interesting metric for me to kind of look at and then view it from the film in and of itself and go, you know what? Not grading out all that high, but getting the job done. And that, to me, is what matters. Because like you said, what's the job description? Wins. Just win, baby. Just win. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about grades and everything. Man, let's let's talk about the DNA and the grit and the kind of the, the, the formula, right, for this football team, which is Garrett Green getting in there, yucking it up with – three or four TCU Horn Frogs, you know, knowing that he wasn't, and we've all heard the story now, now and know about how he wasn't going to play until Thursday, like, and, and was able to, to go and practice and he got a chance, like, dude's a gamer. Let's talk a little bit about Garrett Green. I think the identity, and Zach, man, let, no better guy but <laughs> lead this charge on, I mean, we don't win that football game without Garrett Green, plain and simple. Wait, wait, you got to give him the proper introduction. The president, CEO, and founding member of the Garrett Green Fan Club. Here, here. <laughs> Long may I reign. No, I, I, listen, from the first time I saw the kid play, I could tell he had juice. I didn't know what kind of quarterback he could be, but like when he was on the field, even, you know, against lesser teams as a freshman and sophomore that he'd see playing time against, it's just like he brings it and the dude gives everything he's got and he's just so damn explosive, which is something this generation of football under Neil Brown has really lacked. It's guys that just have that explosive element and can hit a big play at any given moment. And he showed that the big touchdown run to get it going. You know, he spurred the offense and listen, I'm not going to sit here and act like I knew how that game was going to go. I had a bad feeling all day that that was a game that we were just going to drop because, you know, Garrett was coming off the injury I'd heard that in practice he didn't quite look 100%, wasn't driving off that foot to make throws, wasn't quite moving the same than he normally does, you know. But I was hopeful that he could do more than maybe Nico has done because nothing against the kid, but he's just – I don't know that he's quite there yet. They haven't given him the full keys to the car yet, Zach. And he doesn't have the full keys to the car. He can say, that's, you know, that's his offense when he's out there. But, like, hey, Zach, real the quick. offense is clearly different with Garrett. Real quick, and it definitely is. You you know that, I mean, we we had the the three guys here, our three guys, myself last week. We were gonna maybe pick on you to, to save the graphic for us. We all had us taking out the Horn Frogs, buddy. 
Hey. And pretty much by the score, it happened, too. Like, I think we all believe in this formula and this DNA of this football team right now. And and it's coming to pass. It's proven out. I mean, it's it's working, and I hope they keep it up. I also hope that the passing game can continue to develop and the receivers can do a little more because there's still way too many drops, way too many guys not getting open. I mean, I don't think from what I've seen at this point that Garrett is doing as much to – hinder this passing game as the receivers are. So that's going to have to be something that improves. And next next two games are get-right games as far as the level of defense that you're playing against, from what I understand. I mean, these two, game, or these two teams are struggling mightily. So hopefully we can do a little in that department coming up. But like like I said, you know, Garrett, Garrett just brings a different element to the team. And like you said, he had that energy. He had that swagger. He wasn't backing down from anybody. And if you remember, the dude that he was jawing at had just had that interception that got overturned because he pinned it against the ground. And, I mean, yep. they got the stop on the drive ultimately, but Garrett wasn't backing down from that guy. I mean, he wasn't No, he, he wasn't going to yeah. back down from anybody. And if you notice, also, after that final kneel down to run the clock out, first thing Garrett did, went up and dapped that dude up. Like, it's all competition yeah. with him. It's all good spirit. Like, he's mm-hmm. just a dog. He's a dog, and he honestly plays like a dog. Like, he just is out there flowing like a golden retriever, man. Like, he – I don't just know, having man. some fun, man. Yeah, having he fun. He loves ball. He, he loves it. And he I love I ball, loved ball, what ball. he's – I love what he said <laughs> on the field in, in, at the after-game interview, and they asked him about the ankle. He's like, oh, it's a – I'm 100 Never been better. Never been better. But, you know, and you mentioned his ankle, and that was kind of a worry to me, too, you know, and – you know, I know I had said this in the group text. Great post-game interview, by the way. Oh, yeah. When, when he threw that just dart to Devin Carter that, you know, the play right before his big run, I was like, that ankle's fine. Because he well, drove that thing. was like That, like, that, that was sucker. a great throw from him. Oh, he made he a couple really good throws on Saturday night. Yeah. He really I did. Mean, he did. He, he made some absolute just fantastic throws. I mean, like I'm, I'm with you, Zach. I don't think he's he's hindering this pass attack at all. You just got to clean some stuff up. Um, but and here's the thing too, because you talk about some of the throws, like the throw at the end of the first half to get into field goal range, beautiful throws it down to make Preston Fox go down to get it, understanding time and situation. Like hey. you have to put that ball down to make him go down to get it, so that he ends up down. You can get that quick timeout and get your field goal team out there. And like that's just possible. a beautifully thrown football. It's a beaut, clock. It's a beaut. There's a possibility that maybe that was not as accurate of a throw as he meant it to be. Maybe he placed it just perfectly. We as fans would like to believe that he placed it exactly right, so Preston Fox would get down mm-hmm. and they could kill the clock. If that's the case, exactly. kudos to that kid. Kudos to that kid. Hell of a throw. I think it might have been. It might have been. I hope it was. <laughs> well, I mean, the only reason I, I, I tend to kind of lean that way with it is because is what we've seen out of him this year is we've seen a lot better ball placement out of him. You know, there were times last year, like, there were a couple times last year, I don't know on that throw to Devin Carter before the first touchdown if he necessarily hits him in stride there that that was a throw he he seemed to kind of struggle with was always a little behind guys or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. like his ability to ball placement this year from last year has taken such a night and day oh yeah it's absolutely different hey and let's let's highlight another uh facet of garrett's game to this point one thing that neil had highlighted in past critiques of Garrett is his ball security, being smart with the ball, trying to protect it and not make silly plays that result in turnovers. I know he's only played two and a half quarters at this point, not even more like just two quarters in a, in a series or sorry, two games in a series, but in those two games in a series, you have to commit a turnover. That's, I mean, and that's back, going back, against Penn back, state as well. And we hold on, the road. hold on now. What, 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 what? There, we had to knock okay. on the wood, buddy. Good. I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> understand. I didn't have any nearby. I appreciate you hitting that for me. Yes, but I'm just yes. saying. And he's he's played in two road night environments. Against he knows that. He knows that's what he's got to do. He knows he has to be smart with it. Right, and he's doing it. And we're yeah, winning games. I mean, 
yeah and i mean like and and to your point zach i mean in the the pick that was overturned you know i think that's one garrett would tell you yeah i got to get that out towards the boundary a little bit more i was a little behind the guy i mean give the corner a ton of credit for jumping the route but you know little ball middle belt a little better ball placement yeah that that's probably a first down and a little bit more but right no but you are right I, i that's the thing that has impressed me the most is is he's he doesn't seem to be forcing where it's not. Yeah. And that's, that's the sign of a more mature quarterback. He's taking what the defense gives him. And if you notice what he used to do when he decided to take off and run, he might get one, possibly two reads in before he just took off and used those legs. But anymore, he's really going through his progressions and seeing what he has up the field. And if it's not there, then he takes off. And that's, that's the sign of maturity. Yeah, I mean, and you definitely saw it on on the touchdown run. I mean, he went through them, looked the other way when he came back across, went, huh, there's a ton of daylight there, and he took it and took off. And you like, know another thing of that, it when he goes through his progressions and sees the whole field, he can really see what avenues there are to run. Like yes, he doesn't and then just he take hits off the whole direction. The first one he yes. sees, he actually sees where what's there. It's it's almost like he gets a, an absolute free slingshot route of, of, of which one he can you know take that top three dragster and and hit 90 as quickly as he can and that's kind of what he did on that touchdown run man but he also has the ability to kind of yuck it up you know and get the tough yards as well like he did on the other touchdown so it's like man he's just a total difference maker for this team and i even had somebody saturday night even say put the lefty back in early in the game uh-uh. Mind you, but it was like no, no, no. Like you could see it, and and guys, I I, I kind of want to break down the game itself, right? We're, we 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 went big picture here, which is great, but like man, that game Saturday was so kind of nuanced and just crazy, and kind of the it way it played insane. out. Yeah, it the way it, the way it played out. Like if you think about it, you know, West Virginia gets the ball first doesn't do anything, TCU comes and scores pretty quickly, and you're like, oh, boy, like, this is – this doesn't look good at all. But then we get the touchdown with Garrett Green. They miss a field goal. You know, you have another three and out. They have a a pretty sustained touchdown. And you're like, oh, boy, you punt again. And I think the moment where I kind of thought, okay, we're in this thing and and could play it and could win this football game was when they went for it down inside around our 15 on the fourth and one, you know, early in the second quarter, and we just stuffed them. And I thought that was kind of a moment where, like, man, Sonny Dykes, hey, that three points probably would have been pretty nice to have. Like, I think sometimes this new new age of football and analytics and everyone going for it on fourth down, sometimes you just got to take the points. Well, hell, Neil did the same thing. We had exactly. two or three field goals that we should have yeah. had or could have had from easily within – 35 yards we decided just to say hell with it trying to get the touchdown trying to get the first down and you know i thought about that at one point like we could have had nine more points if not for this and been up comfortably but now we're in a dogfight like i i'm glad that neil is being more aggressive than he used to be but maybe balance it out just a little bit Mm -hmm. but i mean hey zach let's say this real quick when we scored and had that 10 play touchdown drive um uh, almost, you know, about 43 yards when we got it off off of the punt, you know, off of them on the muff punt where Robbie Burks got hurt. And all signs point to good things for Robbie Burks, which is really good to see mm-hmm. um, after you saw the reactions that were, were on the field Saturday night um, when that happened, with, especially with Coach, you know, with, with Neil Brown. I mean, you could, you could see that. Um, and, like, man, terrible job by the TCU power returner on that play. We didn't catch the break. And you're like, man, we never catch these breaks. But then you get them three and out, and you end up scoring the touchdown, kind of a applauding drive. But, you know, Garrett Green makes, you know, gets a couple big, big runs on the drive. Uh, and then you pound it in with Donaldson at the end. And, and you're feeling pretty good. You know, you think you're going to halftime tied. And we've talked about how the, the half ended a lot and kind of, you know, how they scored, how we. We, you know, we have a chance and can't do it. I mean, you're thinking, wow, this this is an insane football game right now heading to halftime. 
yeah, I, I still am having a hard time understanding what I watched in general because it was just so chaotic and so much happened. Like, you think about how that game transpired from start to finish. Like, just think back. How many turnover opportunities that were, I mean, relatively easy opportunities for Division One players to make? I mean, interceptions oh. right in your chest, right through your hands. Two muffed punts by TCU that ended up going back in their hands, like especially in that first half. Oh God! I mean, there yeah. were just it was time after time after time that we could have made big splash plays, caused turnovers that really would have swung the momentum. So, like you think about it, and granted, TCU did some stuff, and we did some stuff that were just like, hey, who wants to lose the game? Less. Like who? Yeah. Who, who really wants yeah. to really blow this thing? and screw yourself as hard as you can. End of the day, TCU said, we'll do it. We're, just, a little, we got just it. a little more than we did, just right? Just a little more. But, like, <laughs> we had opportunities far beyond what they did to really take advantage. But I will say, when you block two kicks and one to seal the game, yeah. those those make up for that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Well, it, you know, it's funny you bring up the fact that, you know, we, we have the big Jaheim White run, right, to, to start the second half, and we get the penalty on top of it, and, like, you get a fourth and six to 29, and we just saw the kicker make a, from 50, what, five at, at right. the end of the half. You're like, go take the points, right? Well, the kid kick it, right. Yeah. Now, granted, you're down seven. So, like, that is one thing that I've heard some some detractors, and they are still out there on Neil. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I'd imagine they might still be, you know. Um, they're like, they feel like sometimes he's chasing at that point in time, like, just a little too much. And – in that game, maybe you felt like after the way the defense came out to start the half, we'll take a chance maybe. And it proved to be prophetic because they got him on a three and out, uh, you know, again, and then you got the field position and we tied up the football game with that nice drive. But we started on their 44-yard line. So, I mean, can you blame Neil Brown actually for going for it? I don't know. It. Well, and I, I yeah, I mean, because I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I do think – because they did, you know, he did reference kind of the wind and how it was swirling at times. I think maybe you got to take that into account too. Um, you know, do you really want to put Good a point. kicker Good in point. that kind of position? You know, and and here's the hard part too: is we sat here last year and just banged the dude for not going for it more, and now we're kind of almost doing the reverse. It seems only a little, only because sometimes oh, yeah. oh, it seems yeah. to not make sense. Like there are times. Like, on the goal line, when you've got the kind of strength you do in your offense, I understand that being four-down territory. I have no problem with that. But, like, the play Blaine just mentioned, like, you know, in that position, you're not quite in no man's land. Maybe just try and kick the field goal. I understand the win might play a factor, but dude seems like he's got a pretty powerful leg. Give him a shot. See what he can do. Because it's not a gimme fourth down by any means. And, hell, at this point in the season, five games in, I think we've attempted almost 20 fourth downs like we've almost attempted 20 uh attempted to convert 20 fourth downs so like that's that's a pretty high number <laughs> neil has had last year's pit game in his head all summer oh yeah rent free <laughs> i mean not even a question if it's close or even like a fourth down possibility we're going for it right now um, i mean is pit even i mean what's the hubbub about pit anyway What's, what's the big deal? All this for one game? Losing. Hey, now I think you figured it out this year, and look what's I think happened you did. as a result off of winning that game. Yeah. It's bad, yeah. man. They lost to Vautech, by the way. Yikes. That's a big Vautech wolf. lost to Marshall, too. And, and, and I'm just going to say this, and I'm sure we're probably not real big in the Fort Worth area. Um, which we is- do have a few. We, we have a, a very loyal Mountaineer down there who's with us. Okay. Yep. Well, I, I'm just going to say this. Stay classy, TCU. Stay classy. Hey, everybody's faking yeah, injuries. Yeah, they were here. booing a little except, bit too during the late injury. Not. Remember, Zach? Oh yeah, I'm not. Oh, I'm not too so, old to remember. Hey, go ahead. I'll, hey, go ahead with what you were saying, and then I'll go back to the. Oh, I'm talking about the Lathan injury. They were booing him on the. That's field. what I was talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's yeah. Completely like, brutal. I mean, what? What? You know. Stay classy, Horn Frogs. Stay classy. 
I mean, I understand like three guys in a row got hurt, but like they were all legitimate. <laughs> they were all legitimate, which was scary. Like Sean Martin's not going to just take a, take a seat and act like he's hurt, especially in a situation like that. Hell, I can't even remember who got hurt after that. It might hell him and Hershey McLaurin hurt each other on the same play. McLaurin went out with a concussion after that. And then I forget who got hurt in between them and Lathan, but then Lathan's obviously Lathan's, legit. Oof, Anybody yeah. who could see the guy on the field is like, he's agonizing. They've got trainers surrounding him. It's not just one person well, coming I mean, out to stretch his leg out from a cramp. Like, this is real deal. Like, yeah. You knew fans being bad. fans. I mean, that, I mean, the one trainer's pumping the air cast up. I mean, as soon as he, like, hit the ground, you got the other one screaming for the cart. Like, you knew something was bad. Right. And They stayed kid. on him way too long, by the way. Yeah, that was rough. But poor kid. Like I mean, it. awesome, awesome young talent for this team. Been having a hell of a season in his redshirt freshman season, but he'll he'll have big days ahead. I'm sure he's gonna really grind through that rehab process. But yeah. we're gonna miss him for sure. Oh, oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Him but, and Burks, by the way. I mean, as yeah. long as Aubrey's out too. Yeah. yeah, but the good news is, is both of those guys were were coming home today. So, yeah. you know, that's you know, absolutely fantastic to hear. And, um, you know, hopefully Burks can get, get healthy and we can see him again this year. And then, you know, it's, it's devastating for a kid like Latham who's just busted his ass to be out there and, and to go down like that, man, that's like, that's, right. that's gut wrenching. And, oh, no doubt. you know, you, you, you see, especially the the Latham injury, like that one worried me a little from a team standpoint because so many times you can see something like that just suck the air out of a team. And then – It spurred to, us. And you had to do it with – you had to do it with Burks earlier in the game too. That's We're what I'm saying. We're a resilient bunch, man. We really yeah. are. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like you compound it and all of a sudden now you're looking around going, man, we've had two guys taken off on, on the cart here. Like that can be either – do what it did, which is, you know, spur and rally the team or it can completely deflate you. And I think that speaks to, to the character of this team of, okay, you know what, let's just go get it for them. Well, and Hey, TJ, you bring that up and you're going to bring up the next point in the game that kind of was that type of situation when CJ Jonathan doesn't get in at the pretty much the start of the, the fourth quarter on that fourth and goal from the one, and he tried to run, you know, with the kind of the, the three men in the backfield look after you thought Huddy Tuddy had taken it in on a nice little slant route there. We were getting in a little rhythm there, passing the ball there at the end of the quarter. Um, but, man, we, we responded to that adversity too because you got him off the field, three and out, and then, you know, they did get a first down, and then you got him off the field. They got one little play, and then you got him off three and out, and then you were able to set up. The, the drive that ended up winning you the football game. When you didn't think it at the time, but ended up winning the football game. Now, that was a huge character game for this team. I mean, they really, like you said, they were extremely resilient, and they they were tested all game. And I just want to – I want to credit the team and the coaching staff. After we were really torn up by TCU's offense in the first half, like you said, 20, 21 points in the first half, all the points TCU had came in that first half. And to come out in the third quarter and hold them to one yard. And, I mean, they made legitimate adjustments. They made scheme changes to keep Chandler Morris from getting out and tearing them up on the ground like he did in the first half. They really contained the chunk plays, like that long first touchdown that TCU had on the missed tackle by Burks, the long touchdown run that Morris had, the long touchdown before halftime. Like, that was those were plays – of yeah, more than a 59, long run too. Fifty-nine, yep. thirty-one, and thirty-six yards mm. individually. I don't think they had another play over maybe twenty-five yards the remainder of the game, and that's huge. Like you're making stops, you're getting tackles, you're ta- you're changing the whole tone of the game from one half to the next, and that's what you got to do. That's a sign of, you know, I hate to say it, I can't, I don't hate to say it. I'm just surprised I'm saying it. It's a sign of good coaching, and that's the sign of a team that has a championship. Type that's an element of a championship team. I won't go that far yet, but I'm impressed. No, 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 no. I'm not saying this team is, but that is an element of a championship team. There's no doubt about that. That is that well, is growth. Cor- correct. There, there, that that is an element to it. So, w- with that being said, I want to pose this question then to you guys. 
are you ready to consider and is it right to consider this team a, a big 12 contender i think oh, with the, i think with the Ooh. schedule we have yes but but this is back to back weeks against teams that were thought to be more solid in the conference than texas tech and tcu granted you know, Texas Tech lost their quarterback. I would argue that Baron Morton was more of a threat to West Virginia based on what he did last year than Tyler Shuck, especially because we were pretty much holding Shuck in, you know, in, in, under wraps while he was in there before he got hurt and got carted off. But, like, you know, they gave us a battle, shut him down. TCU shut him down on the road. You know, next, next up we got Houston and Oklahoma State, two of the worst teams in the conference to this point. Now we got to prove that we don't get our heads too big, too big for our britches, and we can go on the road in a night environment in Houston and not completely blow one, and then not let Gundy, you know, do what Gundy has done to us at times over the years. So those are two tests that are a little more unconventional. We got to prove that we can actually win games we should win instead of to this like we've done to this point, win games that nobody expects us to win. That'll be another test for this team. I'll be interested to see what Vegas comes out with this line. Me too. I'm not saying that'll, uh, like, necessarily, I think, have much of an effect on how the game gets played. But, like, we know what this game, the element of this game that we haven't talked about yet, but what it's about and what it means to this fan base. But I think to this team, still the 14th, you were picked 14th, it's going to resonate all season. Like, that's a type of thing that, that you see – that a team gravitates toward and, and builds and kind of just it becomes a culture building type thing. And this year it feels that way for us, right? So like CJ, to answer your question, I I think you have to say for the moment, if we can keep playing the way we're playing football and take it week by week and and play good defense and just try and win that next game, right? Like Beat Houston and get to five and one. And you're three and zero in the league, and then you've got a home game against Oklahoma State. Nobody's seen this team in a month, and you've now came on the road and won two big games. That's a lit environment for Oklahoma State. That's struggling to find quarterback play right now. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, that's that's not a team that's like you know jumping off the page. BYU is interesting with Slovis, but I mean, I think. And then Oklahoma, obviously. I mean, it, November's a little, a little tricky. I think Baylor and and Cincy are interesting too. But like, there's a lot of winnable games. There are. Um, oh, oh yeah, there definitely are. And, and I think, you know, the bye week comes at an absolute perfect time for this team. Oh, uh, at this point in time, yes. Oh, it could be better. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it it sets up nicely. And like you said, yeah, I mean, November's. November's going to be be tricky, but I think with the way that this team is playing, with what they have shown you, especially defensively, um, all year. I mean, even at Penn State. I mean, if you just look at the box score, they gave up thirty eight. But you know, that's a that's a really good Penn State team. And then you come out <clears throat> against Pitt in a rival game. Granted, bad quarterback play. But then you back it up with Texas Tech, and then TCU, who offensively we know in the past and under Sonny Dykes can be explosive. I, I think that speaks volumes to where this this team, where we thought they would be, and where they are. Yeah, and and, and CJ, I think you're 100 right. I don't think some of us knew about you know, like Big Tommy inside, how good he is, and 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 Eric Zach. Can you pronounce his name for us? The the big man on the outside. I mean, like. I think there was some some depth at defensive line that people didn't know about, like really helped this team and really got this team kind of growing in the right direction. And, and guys, I want to real quickly hit on something before we kind of get on out of here about the game, um, before we continue to keep kind of dreaming about what can maybe happen this year. How about at the end of the football game when we, we essentially took them out of field goal range, but they still gave them the opportunity – to kick the field goal with the the ruling mm. somehow Morris uh, wasn't sacked on that play and threw it, but how was it not intentional grounding? There and is no explanation. 
it was that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in terms of in a football game of like how did they come to that conclusion in that situation? Granted, and you're like, man, so so this Griffin Kell kid obviously has a leg, and you're thinking, well, he's gonna have an opportunity, and then hey, Sean Martin threw the big paw up there and and got it. Crazy, hell no. Oh man, just insane, right? Yeah, it it wasn't. Go ahead. Oh, oh, what would you say, Zach? Sorry, said Sean told him, Kell no. Basically, call it his shot, too, was even fantastic. But he, he, here's my question is, 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 let's say even if he managed to find a way to keep his knee down, which it was really tough to tell, which is why I can't believe he overturned that call. He's thrown into the sky. But here's my here, here's the bigger question. Because all you've heard about for really for the last two years in college football and even to an extent in the NFL is player safety, right? We want to keep guys out of potentially dangerous situations. What you have just told defensive coordinators and defensive line coaches in that situation is if he's not down, punish him. Like, it almost feels like you just basically said, well, you know what? In that situation, you got to take his head off. Like, I'm not so sure how that's smart on a player's perspective. Like if your job as an officiating crew is to make sure you're doing everything to call the game correctly and keep guys safe, how the hell do you allow that play to continue? (laughs) Is is player safety kind of like a catch? We just don't really know what the hell they mean. I don't, I don't have an answer to that. Do you Zach, quite honestly? No, and I think the NFL is the only real uh, proponent of the player safety. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, that's probably probably a fair comment. But I mean, yeah. I just I don't know. Just to me, it feels like that's that that's a situation where you know Morse is a player. He's a he's a dude. He's trying to make a play. He understands situation. But to me, that that almost feels like a place where the zebra's got to step in and go. No, nah, we're ruling this play dead because. That could have been, especially the way his body was contorted, that could have ended horridly for that kid. That's football. That's, I mean, unfortunately, I, no, that's the kind I, of situation no, you get into. That. And, and I understand that, you know, freak things are going to happen. You're going to have those freak injuries. It's just allowing stupid ones to happen like that could have. If anybody else is around that kid on that and goes, oh, and whistle's not blown or whatever, I mean, that could have been really bad. That oh, that's sure. what I'm saying is I, I at some point you do have to yeah it, you, it, to it to you, an you gotta extent, push yourself it man out. like it could have been catastrophic uh, it, it really could have been like like you say Sean Martin uh, Cal no and uh, essentially he called a shot after they took away the sack he was he was pissed um, I, I just I thought that was very interesting how our defense decided hey we're we're gonna make we're gonna take him out of field goal range here to win this thing. And then they kind of still gave him the chance, and we found a way. Got outgained by 90 yards in the game. They had three more first downs than us. You know, we were out – I mean, they, they threw they threw the ball, definitely had a more effective passing it. But, Zach, you gave us the stat. We ran for 200 yards. And what are we now with Neil Brown when we run for 200 yards? I mean, run defeated. And we had the football for 33 and a half minutes. Kept them off the field. That's the formula. Hell, yeah. hell yeah. when this team when this team runs for just a hundred yards under Neil Brown, they're twenty two and five. Like it's, that's a pretty low bar, especially for a team like this. That, yeah, get that number. I imagine we can do that against Houston and Oklahoma State. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Six and oh, one yeah. sounds all right. Yeah, bowl eligible after seven yeah. games. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I'm talking to somewhere, somewhere you know. And the and, Dana and, looms. and, and I just want to. One of the unsung guys we we've talked a little bit about, but not a ton on the defensive end. But the difference in the secondary that Beanie Bishop has made, agreed. Yeah. Like I'm not ready to call him a lockdown corner, but damn, he's close. He's he's tough, man. He he makes plays. He tackles very very sure tackler. Like he's he's been a huge addition, absolutely. And I I want to. Make another compliment to the defense, especially that front seven, who's been just phenomenal defensive line that they have brought in with Durajai and Mulba 
the guys they've recruited in Martin, Vestiernan, you know, they brought Day Hawkins. They brought so many guys in on this defensive line. It's deep and it's tough. But they say, held, don't don't they, don't forget your boy Lockhart either. Oh, Lockhart's been a, been a revelation. Dude has been a stud. But he really has been. They they held Imani Bailey, the leading rusher in the Big Twelve, to fifty five yards on nineteen carries. That's not nothing, boys. That's Mm-mm. that's big time. Yes, it is. That's that's tough to do. And this is a defense that's shown they're not to be trifled with. And not only are they stopping the run, I mean, they're really getting pressure in the backfield on passing downs. I mean, they are really getting after it. You saw that last drive. I mean, this was at the end of the game. Lee Koba looked like he was being shot out of a cannon every single time. He was just getting straight up the middle. Like, I don't know, man. These guys are different. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm really happy with what I've seen so far. I hope it keeps up. There's there's just kind of a feel that this team grinds and finds ways to win tough. games. To They're win tough. games, man. Like, I mean, let's let's think about it here, fellas. Really, against three power five teams in the last three weeks, we've allowed six, thirteen, and twenty-one points. Like, if you'd have told me Four touchdowns in three games. Not yeah. bad. I mean, essentially, we've given up 40 points in three games. Like, if you told me we give up 40 points in a game sometimes back when Dana was coaching, mm. I'd say, ah, we might be able to win. Like, not now. It's out of necessity. But, man, I mean, that's that's impressive. This is, this is going back to old Dandy Don Nealon type football, man. And I love it for this team this year. Yes. It is a step in the direction we need to go and hopefully it continues and we keep winning ball games. And then we build on this and can become a team that doesn't just have to rely on its defense to win. It still has it, but it can also use its offense to get it in advantageous situations as well. Like just keep, keep stacking up what you got already. And that, that could be, that could be interesting, but we'll just take it one week at a time. Enjoy the forum forum one. Hope to make it five and one and send Dana packing. Enjoy the bye week, and then we can get back here and talk about Dana, you know, next week, man. <clears throat> you know, West Virginia, they run the football pretty good. Is that Rick or is that Dana? You can, <clears throat> you, can, you can get in for $4, man. <clears throat> Morty. I, okay, I, I just saw <laughs> Morty. <laughs> I, I just saw this stat come across, and I, I wanted to – Well, we can end it up with – in the night with a trivia question. Where's my rebel? <laughs> when trivia, the, we're ready. When was the last time West Virginia blocked two field goals in a game? Cincinnati at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. Give me the year. During the, during the, the Orange Bowl season 2011, I was there. Nope. What? Nope. Dang it. We did block one to win that game, though. We blocked one in that game, did not block two. Mm, we did block it to win it, though, right? We did. Yes. Yeah, okay. But blocked two in a game. Anybody know the year? 1986. No. Uh, man, I'd love it to be 89. <laughs> nope. What you got? 2002. Oh, really? It's been a while. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, that's just... You got I, the opponent there, sir? I do not have the opponent. I just have the year, unfortunately. Mm. Well, I don't expect it to happen again soon, but we certainly got it <laughs> when we needed it. Maybe the certainly hey, this, got this it. A good kick block team. Certainly hey. got it in a clutch spot. Yep. I, I, I will take block field goals however they come. Hey, let's let let's get ready. Let's let's get ready for Dana. It's it's great to be four and one. Cue that music. Uh, enjoy college football this week. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers responsibly. Do something nice for somebody. I love how Pat says that. I kind of want to do something good for somebody. It's cool. Man. Absolutely. Use this no stress. Use this no stress weekend to do something good for somebody. Exactly. And by the way. How about Herb Street just saying anybody but West Virginia on game day? 
Well, he was per- taking a shot part of Pat. the bet, but taking you know. a shot at Pat. I understand it, but he's been in that corner without saying it for years, so I'm not quite surprised. Well, he put us in his top five impressive performances for the week, so a little bit rightfully so. Rightfully so. <laughs> well, y'all, let's hey, enjoy it. Get ready for this Dana game Thursday night. The bright lights at FS1. Going to be fun. And um, until next time, y'all, take it easy. And, and for Mike, we uh, we love you, buddy. And we know you just don't want to come on here because Neil Brown's won four games in a row. It's okay. <laughs> we love you. We're here for you. It's okay. We'll, we'll be here for you next week. Y'all, take it easy. Thank you.